Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Jess Fair, and I'll be moderating today's session. Um, first off, if everyone could turn their cell phones off, if you've got that happening right now. Um, don't want to be that person in the room when it goes off. Um, today's talk and question and answer period will be recorded and available on SACPAW's website, as per usual. Uh, if you haven't already, if you're having lunch today, if you could place your $14 in the middle of the table, and then if someone at the table could collect it and make sure that there's you know, enough money in there, that would be great. So today we've got a presentation um, that we'll get to right away, then we'll have a quick lunch, and um, then we'll have some questions and answers after. So today's presentation is about philanthropy in our community and National Philanthropy Day, which was celebrated quite heavily this year. Um, Brandy will talk about how National Philanthropy Day was celebrated in Lethbridge and how our community generally stacks up in terms of giving and volunteering. Brandy will shed some light on that question and contend that showing love for humanity is more than wealthy individuals and companies donating millions of dollars to charities and institutions. It is numerous acts of charity and volunteerism, however small, that make a huge impact on people's lives and your own. Okay, so quick little bit about Brandy here. Um, you may wonder how in the world a person with a graduate degree in kinesiology ends up as a recruiter for no noble causes, i.e. a fundraiser. Brandy graduated from the University of Lethbridge with a Master of Science in Kinesiology, yet has been involved in the non-for-profit world for about 10 years. She began her path at Covenant Health working as a foundation coordinator for the St. Michael's Health Center, and recently graduated from that role into a position as faculty development officer at the university. Brandy is an eyewitness to many of the big hearts and brilliant people that are found here in our city. She is a member of the Rotary Club of Lethbridge and is currently involved at a board level. She also has been part of the Lethbridge Chamber of Commerce and volunteered as a member of their board of directors. Most recently, Brandy was instrumental in initiating a chamber committee known as the Corporate Philanthropy Task Force. Her engagement with this task force, as well as her role with the Association of Fundraising Professionals, gave her a flash of inspiration that led to a citywide message of thanks to our citizens. Thanks YQL was a phenomenal week of appreciation that she hopes touched everyone, and, and we hope that you did see a little bit of what happened there um, November 16th through 20th uh, this year. Uh, I feel very lucky that I get to work with Brandy over at the University of Lethbridge and was also quite involved with the week. And um, I'd like to invite her up here to tell you a little bit of her story. All right, I guess with a kinesiology background, I can't stand still for very long. So we're going to try wandering around a little bit. Uh, even though I work at the University of Lethbridge, I am not going to try and sway you to donating to the university, and you won't see any subliminal messages at all in my presentation. But uh, really, I'm excited to be here today, and thank you very much for letting me join you. Um, the topic is a bit of fragrance clings to the hand that gives the roses. And uh, I think it's perfect for this time of year. Because Lethbridge, in particular, as Jess said, we are a very charitable city. So this is some of the information that I found from Stats Canada. Um, it's a couple years old, but Lethbridge was found as the third most charitable city in our province. 
That is phenomenal. So thank you to all of you. You are amazing because you make that possible. Um, we're just behind Wetasco and by $10. I think we came in at $5.80 and they gave $5.90 per person. And uh, Lacombe was at $7.80. So we have a little ways to go to catch Lacombe. Um, but you can also see not only are we super charitable, but we donate a lot of our time. So it's not necessarily about giving dollars, but also being able to share our talents with people that are in our community. So I did talk with uh, Volunteer Lethbridge a little bit just to find out if they had some figures. Of course they do. They suggested that 500,000 hours last year was donated. And that actually equates to 270 full-time jobs. Pretty phenomenal. And at $24 an hour, that is $12 million in one year that was donated. And that's done by uh, TD Economics, comes up with that figure. So when I talked with Diana at Volunteer Lethbridge, she actually stated that this is really a small estimate. She thinks that's a quarter of how much was donated. How amazing. How amazing. So this is one of the images you may have seen. How many of you do recall last month around November 15th seeing some of these signages up on electronic boards? Anybody? Or um, social media. It was also in the newspaper and the media covered it really well for us. Thank you. Um, it was really amazing to see people want to jump on board and share a huge citywide thank you to Lethbridge. So there were companies and businesses that had electronic boards with this image that just says, thanks, YQL. Thank you, Lethbridge. You changed the world with a giving heart. Um, on charge stations in the mall and different organizations throughout the city. Um, there was also some banners put up. There was a subliminal message, but it wasn't subliminal because I just told you. <laughs> um, but there were some banners put up, about 40 of them, from nonprofit organizations in City Hall. And they were up for the entire week of November 14th to 17th. And it was really neat because we also had an opportunity to raise the flag for National Philanthropy Day. And you'll notice the tourist information, they had a flag as well. Um, City Light, City Hall lit up with gold and, and blue. And then there's a charge station. And uh, we also got together a number of us from the nonprofits and gave out cupcakes to also say thank you for the downtown members. Um, and just people throughout the city, cupcakes and hot chocolate we gave away. Uh, this is Murray, and I just want to share a quick little clip, because another thing that we did was uh, we just tried to share the message on social media as well, to just say thank you. And in doing that, we also interviewed some people at Park Place Mall about what their thoughts are on charity and giving, and so I'll just share that really quick with you. Something that um, people need to understand that you see somebody lonely, just don't don't pass by. Give them something to like cheer them up or do something for them. It can cost a hug. That's all there is to it. Pretty simple. But it can just cost a hug. That's it. 
And uh, lastly, we also had Inspiring Philanthropy Awards, which was, was a luncheon that we held to celebrate some amazing leaders of philanthropy in our community. So there were five different awards and five different honorees that were received an award during this luncheon for that week. So we're at this point where philanthropy and giving and charity is important, but it's been important for years and years and years. I mean, even if you think back to maybe Adam and Eve, Eve was so kind and generous to give Adam that fruit. (laughs) But, uh, you know, really, if you want to talk about philanthropy, we kind of typically think about Rockefeller, Vanderbilt, Carnegie, J.P. Morgan. They're really, really philanthropic people. And uh, I thought it was kind of strange. From my background, I think of them as charitable, but they're called robber barons, and it didn't really make sense to me, but then I learned that it's because of how they got their money. Anyways, uh, so with once they had received all their funds, and you know, kind of later in life, they realized the importance of giving back to the communities that they were a part of. Carnegie, for example, he really felt it important to make sure that people are able to learn and take care of themselves. So he really initiated the impact of building libraries. He built and donated funds to install 2,500 libraries throughout the U.S. Pretty phenomenal. And we don't really realize nowadays the huge, huge impact of our sector. We kind of typically look at the for-profit sectors, real estate being one of the highest, followed by manufacturing, and then typically we think of the oil and gas But if you look, the charitable sector actually fits in there pretty high on the scale of impact for our GDP. So is it an important industry or important aspect of our economy and our communities? Most definitely. So this is just a quick little um, timeline. There's lots of words. I don't like words. So I don't expect you to read it, but... If you look, 1643, one of the first fundraisers recorded in North America was actually Harvard. They they actually were able to raise 500 pounds. Pretty good for the first fundraiser. Another thing that I find really interesting is the difference between 1953 and 2006. If you look at how many charitable organizations were registered as charities... There was only 50,000 in 1953, but it skyrockets, and now there's over 1 million. And that's 2006, which is 10 years ago or more. So it would be kind of interesting to see the impact and the rise of charities. Another thing that I think is interesting is in 1999, you'll see Red Cross. They actually received one of the largest first online donation uh, drives at $2.7 million dollars. I think that was, I can't remember exactly, I think it was a, a natural disaster for that one. And then just two years later, in 2001, they received $60 million when the Twin Towers came down. In two years, online giving, uh, it also skyrocketed. So back in the early years, early 1800s, we see people like Carnegie and Mellon, they were actually donating their big funds, and it was people that had deep pockets, right? That was kind of what they felt was their role in society is to give back. But what's happened since? Is it just the people with deep pockets that give? I mean, maybe other people did back then too, but 
think of 2014. How many of you are aware of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge? Hands up if you've heard of it. Did any of you participate in it? You did. I was too chicken. It was cold. <laughs> but you are most, most of you, I think a majority of you, are aware of that, right? It's incredible how it grew and how did it grow. Technology. That's why it was so viral. So there's just a quick picture if you weren't sure of the Ice Bucket Challenge raising funds for ALS. So another trend that's interesting with philanthropy, how many of you have heard of techno-philanthropist? Um, Peter Diadamis, he suggests that this is kind of a new phase as well. So the Rockefellers of the world back then, they would kind of just focus on specific areas to give to within their community. Techno-philanthropists are the people, it kind of sounds like giving computers away. And I've got an old computer I would love to give away, so if anyone wants it, you can come and pick it up. But no, it's not really that. What a techno-philanthropist is are people that started eBay or Microsoft or Google, PayPal, that have really uh, impacted the technology world. But they've also made a lot of money doing that. And a lot of them are under 35 or 40 years old, so they're quite young, very ambitious, and they have these big dreams, big ideas of what, what they can accomplish, and to them, they can't, there's nothing that they can't accomplish. So the techno-philanthropists are people who actually get together and look at world problems. Back then with the Rockefellers, they focused on their little world because it, illiteracy in Kenya didn't really matter to them. It didn't impact them. Nowadays, I mean, it's such a global world that we're impacting everybody. And so these individuals get a group of people together and say, okay, what can we do to help literacy? And they will donate funds to help improve these conditions, which will in turn create new market ideas, products, innovations, and in their entrepreneurial focus, actually impact economy and society as well while they're helping social conditions. So that's kind of a new phase. They've got an X prize. So you can kind of see here, it's a little bit blurry, but the first one at the bottom right is for water, a water prize. 98 teams have applied and the prize is $1.75 million to find a huge, amazing, innovative solution. And the other one, they've got about 10 of them uh, for learning, youth and learning five teams competing for $15 million. So it's changed. It's very global now, and technology has really played a part in that. So why, then, do we even care? Why do we want to give? What's the big deal? Yeah. So this is an apple, and I want you to take a minute, and you can close your eyes and put on your imagination caps if you want, or you can just listen and try and put yourself in this situation. But... Just kind of imagine yourself with a big apple in your hand that's juicy, like the best one that you can pick out of the refrigerator. And you're going to walk down the same path that you go every Tuesday. Let's say you have kind of a consistent pattern that you always walk. Every Tuesday, you're passing this individual that you see on the street. This person doesn't really look like he's doing very well, unshaven, often is asking for money and support and help. And at this time of your life, maybe you can't actually pull out some money and give it to him. 
but you really want to do something because you feel bad that he might not have quite as much as he needs. So before you leave this Tuesday morning, you take your apple, that big juicy apple, and you walk your path, and you see this individual and think, oh, this is perfect. He's actually there. And he asks you for some change, and instead of you're not able to give the change, but you pull out this apple, really excited to give him your apple. And he looks at the apple and says, I can't take that. Your heart kind of breaks. Why can't you take my apple? You're really excited about it. And he said, smiles, I don't have any teeth. <laughs> now, this is actually an experience that I've had, and when I, when I saw that, I actually was kind of heartbroken because I was so excited to be able to share that with somebody and hopefully help him make his day a little bit, and it didn't really work out, and I instead felt a little bad because maybe it was a little humiliating for him. Um, but still, afterwards, I still felt really good inside. It's kind of strange. So my question to you is why? Why do we feel good when we help people? Uh, so an individual, there's quite a, quite a bit of research, actually. So I, I've talked a little bit about Lethbridge and, and the charity and the focus that we've been able, like, we just have an amazing city. We've talked a little bit about trends and how we've kind of gotten to this point today. And so the next thing I just want to talk about is a little bit the motives behind charity and giving and things like that. So um, Michael Norton is a researcher and uh, faculty member, I believe, at Harvard, Harvard Business School. And he said, well, what happens if I take an envelope with $5 or $20, and inside the envelope I have an assignment for someone that says, go spend this on yourself. And on the en- in another envelope, there's money and a little invitation to go and buy something for someone and give it to them. And he distributed this around campus and called the people up afterwards. Some of them received $5, some of them received 20 And what they found was some people would, if they were you know, buying for themselves, they would go and buy Starbucks or earrings or something like that. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, it didn't make a difference. But if they were actually giving to someone else, it made their day. Same amount of money, $5, $20, the amount of money didn't matter. It was what they did with that money. And by the end of the day, they thought that was pretty great, and it made them feel good. So he um, actually took some time and thought, well, that's interesting. There's something to this. He broadened the scope of that and thought, I'm going to take it global and see what happens then. So a couple of the questions, this was the most global um, study on charity. He asked, have you donated to charity recently, and how happy are you with life in general? There were other questions, but these were kind of the main focus of them. And what he found, that if people said yes, they donated recently to charity, then they also were happy. And this is a map that he created from that. Anybody in green found that if they donated recently, they gave to charity, they were happy. And the red one, obviously it didn't work out, but one out of that many is pretty impressive. That's uh, the rub. Central Republic of Africa or something? I can't remember. Oh, good. We have a a brilliant mind over there. 
So he did find that by giving and supporting causes and doing just something little, little acts of kindness, it really impacted people. And he also took it to businesses and had them do the same thing with their business partners. Um, go spend this on yourself or put your money together and do something together. And it found that actually businesses were more productive and were able to bring in more funds and um, you know, go and sell more because they had better self-esteem and, and a, a bigger team opportunity. And so what uh, Michael Norton says is we often say that money can't buy happiness. Have you ever heard that before? Well, he says, if you can't buy happiness, then maybe you're spending it wrong. Philanthropy is actually the business of love, and uh, it very is, is really impactful. Uh, another individual did some research, Arthur C. Brooks, and you can find this talk actually online too. It's called Why Giving Matters. And this individual is an economist, so he kind of looked back at what Rockefeller said, that by giving money, sometimes that's how you become more successful. And he said, that doesn't make sense. If you're giving your money away, how can you get more money back? Because you're just giving it away. So the economist in him said, well, is it that giving away brings in more success? Or is it the other way around? If you have more money, then you give it away. He wasn't really sure, so he thought, I'll do some tests. And everything that he found, I could go into detail about the different tests that he ran. He said the first one that he found actually supported that giving actually brought in more money or more success. And so he threw the data away like any good professor would. <laughs> and uh, tried it again, got a new computer, got some new data, found. He said it just didn't, didn't make sense to him. So he thought, well, I'll try blood donors. Blood donors aren't giving any money, right? So what if the blood donors, you know, what if they give? Does that actually help them succeed? And he found that it does, actually. And he said, this doesn't make sense. So he spoke with a psychologist. And the psychologist said, well, you're ridiculous. We've known this for 30 years. It's not about the money. Money's boring. It's about the psychology and what happens in the brain when you give. So going back to the apple, even though I wasn't able to give the apple, I was still really happy that I tried to make an effort to do something for someone. There's um, three different chemicals in our brains that he found as we give something or do something kind for someone. It triggers the cortisol, the norepinephrine, and the epinephrine, and it actually reduces stress levels, makes us happier, and we're more productive. So he said, well, as an employer, I probably would want to hire those people because they're going to be more productive and show up to, to work on time. And so to him, it started to make a little more sense that as people give, it helps them be more productive and happier, and then maybe they progress in their work. So that was kind of some of the background behind his findings as well. So with that in mind, I just would like to share a quick um, video. This is a campaign. It's called 25 Days, um, 25 Ways in 25 Days. And there's 25 different ways that we can go throughout December to make an impact or do something kind or thoughtful. And this is day one. I really liked this video. It's called Light the World. So I'll just share this really quick with you. Thank you. 
So going back to the title of my presentation today, fragrance remains on the hand that gives the flower or the rose. So I want to just take a minute right now and first of all, thank you all for being so amazing and really helping Lethbridge be a charitable, thoughtful community. We are awesome and if you ever have any good kind words to share, feel free to use the hashtag thanksyql so that whenever someone looks for that, there's tons of amazing stories and examples of how charitable we are as a community. Um, and secondly, I actually brought some flowers. So before you leave, I invite each of you to take one. Hopefully I have enough, but you might have to be quick because maybe there isn't. Um, but you're welcome to take a flower, and I invite you to to share it with someone. If you're going to go to Costco, I don't know, share it with the front door person. Just think of someone, it, it kind of forces us out of our comfort zone a little bit sometimes to go out of our way. But I think that that is partly an important aspect of, of feeling good about ourselves. That's what makes a hero. A hero is someone that does something courageous that's out of their comfort zone. And I believe donors are heroes. So on that note, you're welcome to take a flower, and I'll also have business cards. And I would love to hear about your experience. And if I get enough, then I'll compile them and send them to Knud. And you can hear of other people's experiences. And on that note, thank you very much for all of your support and letting me be here today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brandy. Um, I agree with Brandy that Lethbridge is kind of a special place and um, everybody, whether you donate your time, dollars, your talent, like just thank you for everything that you do. Um, so now I'd just like to thanks, uh, thank Shaw TV um, who helps spread Sackpaw word through their TV and their YouTube channel, the Lethbridge Herald who I see over here, CKXU, and other media coverage. Um, thanks to Country Kitchen Catering and the U of L for their support. So now we're going to have some lunch, and I encourage you to discuss that topic. And we'll come back up in about half an hour with some. Hopefully, you've got some questions for Brandy, and we'll have a good discussion. Thanks. <laughs>